A lot of you have been asking me for insomnia treatment options, so I want to let you know I have launched an insomnia treatment course. It's a very structured and effective treatment program with a lot of clinical evidence support. So one course is in Chinese and one is in English. You can find it at deepintosleep.co forward slash insomnia. Hello, I'm Dr. Yishan. No matter you are a new listener or you have listened to my podcast for a while, welcome. Today, let's talk about menopause and sleep. As a woman myself, I know that one day I will go through menopause, and I'm terrified with all those negative stories out there about menopause. So, how could we sleep better during menopause period? As a sleep specialist, I also got these questions a lot in my clinic. Today, let's ask the expert, Dr. Fiona Baker. Dr. Baker is a director of Center for Health Science at SRI International and a world expert on issues of sleep among women. She has published over 100 scientific publications. How does menopause impact women's sleep? What can we do about it? Let's find out more together. Also, I summarized some helpful sleep resources at deepintosleep.co/resources. Hi, Dr. Baker. Welcome to Deep Into Sleep podcast. Hi, it's nice to be here. I'm so happy because finally we have a sleep specialist、uh, talking with us about women's sleep. How about you introduce yourself to our audience first? All right. So、uh, my name is Dr. Fiona Baker. I am the director of the Center for Health Sciences at SRI International. So that's in Menlo Park. We are a nonprofit research organization. A long-term interest of mine has been looking at issues of sleep in women, and I, I completed my PhD and my studies in South Africa. I continue to stay in touch with the, my colleagues at the university in Johannesburg there, and I've carried my interest of sleep in women and continue to do that at SRI International. Wow! So, what got you interested in studying this topic? Well, I even think I have to talk about how I got interested in sleep because、um, you know, 20 years ago, sleep research was there weren't so many people studying sleep, certainly not in South Africa. And I had an opportunity to be involved in a project that was looking at sleep and、um, dreams and、um, some of the physiology of sleep. Since I was in a physiology department. And from the moment I started learning about sleep, I just became hooked and、um, just stayed fascinated. Quite quickly, through the the work of、um, some other people I was working with, for example, Dr. Helen Driver, I got interested in well, what about women? And looking at aspects of reproductive health and the reproductive cycle in women and how sleep might change.、Um, so I started looking at sleep in women across the menstrual cycle. And trying to understand how the the hormone changes, how the body temperature changes, could all influence sleep, and then also looking at women who had some、um, sort of menstrual associated problems,、uh, for example, severe menstrual cramps, so pain during their menses, and how that could disturb their sleep, and also、um, moving on from there, looking at women who had. More premenstrual syndrome, so some severe mood changes, physical symptoms, bloatedness、um, in in the approach to their their periods, and how that could improve sleep. Wow, sounds like all very important, important and fascinating topics. 
Yes, I think so. And certainly quite neglected. And even uh, a lot of my current work is looking at sleep in midlife women. Um, a few years ago, through my funding um, from NIH, I started doing a project looking at uh, better understanding insomnia and sleep problems that women have in the approach to menopause. And when I started that project, it did surprise me how little we understood. I thought we surely must understand something about sleep in midlife women, given that it's it's often a time when women will report that their sleep has got worse. They don't sleep as well as they did previously. There were a lot of gaps in our knowledge. Um, and so that's been one aspect of my research is to try and fill those gaps. Yeah. And I think that's actually a common area of questions I get from a lot of patients or friends. They want to know, right, uh, midlife age for women, what we, we all hear a lot of challenges of sleep around that age. But then uh, how much we already know, like what do you find in your research so far that is very interesting or surprising to you? We certainly have learned a lot in, in the work that I've done and the work that others have done to, to try and understand what's going on. And I think right off, it's quite complicated. Like there's complex interactions in, in what's going on in the midlife woman's life. There's several factors that can be in, impacting their sleep. So there's um, social or life changes. For example, they may have older children going off to college um, that comes with some stress. They may be looking after um, elderly parents. They also um, can be at the peak of their careers. Um, so there's, there can be a lot of busyness and some stress and just a, a lot of things going on in their lives that can influence sleep because we know that sleep is sensitive to stress and sensitive to sort of anxieties and concerns. So if you're if you're feeling anxious or worrying about something or just you know have got that very overactive mind in especially in the lead up to bed, then it's difficult to fall asleep um, and it can happen again later in the night where, where women can be waking up at 3 a.m. And if they're worrying about things, thinking about a lot of a lot of stuff, then it's difficult to go back to sleep. Where the complexity comes in in the midlife women is that you have to consider the other aspects in their, in their physiology or what's happening in their bodies. So in the approach to menopause, there's these massive hormonal changes going on. Um, because they're finishing up on those reproductive years. So as those hormones change, um, so you have this uh, decline in your estrogen levels, big rise in follicle-stimulating hormone. And so in that hormonal environment, uh, things start to happen. So one, one um, symptom that comes to mind is hot flushes. So women start to have hot flushes, and it's very common maybe about 80% of women will have some hot flashes and then some women will have multiple hot flashes. So every day they'll have many, many hot flashes. And of course they're happening during sleep as well. And they can be waking them up. And we did see in our research, what, what the way we're studying uh, sleep is we bring women into the sleep lab and so that we can better understand the, the physiology, so that we are recording electrical brain activity to better understand sleep. We're also recording um, hot flashes using sort of measuring the sweating response because that's what a hot flash is. We measure heart rate. We measure blood pressure. So we measure a lot the workings of the body. And from our studies, then we were, we were noticing that um, when women are having the hot flashes during the night, the hot flash often coincides with them waking up. So they're, they're waking up a lot of the time when they have a hot flash. So more than 60% of the time. 
then sometimes when they're waking up, then they're having a harder time going back to sleep. So we know that in the midlife women, one factor that can be disturbing their sleep are heart flashes. It's not the only thing, but it's definitely one sort of special situation for midlife women that can be disrupting their sleep. Right. Sounds like a lot of mind, body, environment interactions, right? Yeah. I think I hear a lot of people saying, especially the hot flash, a lot of people focus on the body part, the physiological part, and they feel like there's nothing I could do. And this horrible. Then from intervention point of view, after we understanding, even though only a little bit of this this challenge, is there any guidance to what people can do, what providers can do in this field? Yeah, you bring up such a good point about the um, what we focus on and whether and and also knowing that there is this combination of mind and body and it's, it's sort of all is in this this mish, mishmash of what could be disturbing sleep. And um, while we can identify the hot flashes as being the one factor that could be disrupting the sleep, of course the next question is well what can you do about it? One one part that is so important for sleep and for coping with hot flashes as well is sort of the control of what is going on. And I think that's one big issue with with midlife women where they are sort of approaching something that's unknown. They haven't yet gone through menopause. There's a lot that's happening that they're dealing with in their bodies and in their lives. And so part of what goes with that is this lack of uncertainty of, well, when am I going to get a good night's sleep is tonight? Am I going to wake up with hot flashes tonight? I need to get a good night's sleep because I have a lot that I have to get done the next day. And you start getting those thought processes that can be very disruptive or, um, you know, make it even harder to have a good night's sleep. And the good news is that there have been um, a couple of studies in the last few years where other people have done research looking at how and whether cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia is effective at improving sleep in women who have insomnia in the context of menopause. The good news is that, yes, it does. It does help women. Even when they're having the hot flashes um, that can be disturbing their sleep, they can still sleep better. Their sleep is improved if they follow cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. And that really is the gold standard treatment for insomnia. Um, We can now say it's effective in this group of people too. What it partly does is put women back in control of their sleep and um, know that they can be doing something to improve their sleep and to cope with the, the sleep disruption that they might be having. Yeah, that's wonderful to know that there are great treatment out there and uh, we don't have to focus on things we are not able to control, right? How many half flash you experience per night, whether you're going to wake up by it or not. But there's other things like stress you mentioned and what, like how we think about sleep, how we think about the health, uh, how we do stress management. Sounds like there are quite a lot of directions we actually can do to help us empower ourselves. And I like the way that you say empower ourselves, because I think that's where we want to go is to provide women with tools and not every woman is the same. So we also see in our research, um, for example, even when we look at how the hot flashes are disrupting sleep, we see that in some women, um, they may have the same number of hot flashes during the night, maybe five or six. Um, But one woman um, will have a much more disturbed sleep than another woman. Uh, Another woman may have the the feeling that just a couple of hot flashes that disturb them are uh, make their sleep really poor and and difficult to function 
in the next day, whereas another woman um, might be able to brush it off and think, it's okay, I can deal with it. We also have to keep in mind that thinking about the, the menopause, you know, menopause is defined as the time of uh, when a woman has her last period. And it's only can be defined uh, when a woman has gone a whole year without having a period. And that makes it sound like it's just this little discrete time point that, oh, maybe for a year, you can sort of go through this transition and then all will be fine. Um, but of course, again, there's this individual variability as to how long women take to go through that menopause transition. And also, even when they are post-menopause, those hot flashes and other symptoms can persist. And they can often persist for several years after having her last, um, after a woman has her last period. So we're talking about a number of years that we want to give women tools to cope with their sleep. So it's not a strategy to say, oh, well, this is soon going to be over and then all will be well. It's no, we want to give women good, strong ways and, and options of how they can get through that menopause transition and also into the, the early years of postmenopause. And that's it. I would, I would say that we have to consider each woman as an individual and what might work for her. Some women have extremely severe hot flashes, you know, so severe that they are, they're impacting their nighttime sleep. They're affecting their ability to uh, function properly during the day. And for them, um, hormone therapy may be an option for, for those, for those women. And so that's why Having conversations with the healthcare provider is so important and, and to please bring up sleep. So if someone is, is having difficulties with their sleep, it would be good to, good to have a conversation about sleep. And we all want to work towards finding a way to improve it and a way to get a better night's sleep so you can do better during the day. Yeah, definitely. And not, I think it's so important to help them to set up the correct or more realistic expectations, right? And at the same time, have some skills, some tools, and some hope to know that there's something they are capable of doing, some, some new strategies possibly can be applied. So it's not just like suffer through this, it's more you can coexist this with this, live with this in a better way, how to make it not impact your life that much. Exactly. It's it's about yeah knowing that you're not alone and that every single woman um, going you know, will go through midlife and go through menopause, and will have some variation of this the experience. You know, some are lucky to have very few symptoms and have an easy transition to menopause, and others will have uh, many more symptoms and have a harder time. But there's always um, tools that can be used to make it easier, and and I'm I'm so happy that. Over the last few years, we have learned a lot. We've done a lot more research so we can understand more about what's going on. And in turn, through that research, we can then um, provide more tools for women. But that said, there's still a lot of questions that we have and a lot of, um, a lot of parts that we don't fully understand. And so that's why we still actively continue with our research so that we can better learn try and unravel some of these complexities. And, and for example, like you bring, bring up stress, and I was mentioning stress, we, we, we know that uh, stress is, is such an important trigger for insomnia or sleep problems at any stage of life. 
And um, in the, the context of the midlife women, that can be one factor that interacts with these menopausal symptoms to sort of start a pattern of insomnia. And it's so much easier to address the sleep problems and insomnia symptoms early on than to wait and leave them. They can tend to you know, get worse over time because it starts sort of perpetuating. Then when you try and treat insomnia, if it's been around for a long time, as it's chronic, you just requires a lot more effort to solve it than if you can sort of nip it quickly. Yeah, definitely. So we talk a little bit about how women can really think about this differently, how to deal with it on their own. So have in your research, have you find out any like family support and, uh, you know, there anything outside of themselves anyone else can do to help support women going through this menopause and sleep challenges? So in my research, I haven't, um, I haven't really examined that factor. I do know that the women that, that have been participating in our research, they often put a lot of emphasis on their friendships and the support that comes from other women um, who are at the same life stage as them. It's very helpful to have that support from somebody else who's either recently gone through menopause or is in the same phase as you are. Um, I think I think we can, as women, get can get a lot of support from those relationships, but it's not something that I can speak to from a research point of view as to how much of a difference that can make. Mm-hmm. I think this possibly aligns with what you mentioned, knowing you're not alone, right? By having other women going through similar things, similar challenges, sometimes it does make us feel like, oh, okay, so this is something I can talk about. It's okay. It's common. And that already reduced a lot of stress on our shoulder. I agree with you. And, and again, I'll say that not only um, should we look around at our friends and families for support, because that always helps. Um, it's important as well to have those conversations with the healthcare provider to make sure that they, they are aware of what's going on and um, can help find solutions. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dr. Baker, for sharing all this wonderful knowledge with us. And uh, feel free to share with me any of your research, your publications and and data. I'm happy to post it uh, on the show notes for everyone who are listening. They can check it out as well. Well, thank you so much. It's been such, um, it's been great talking with you and highlighting the topic that I love, which is, of course, sleep and sleep health. How does menopause impact your life or your family member's life? Leave me a message and let me know. You can also check out the sleep resource list I put together at deepintosleep.co slash resources. I'm Dr. Yishan, very happy to have you with me today. Wish you a high quality of sleep tonight. See you next time. Sleep is an individual thing. We all sleep differently. And there is so much we can do to improve sleep quality. Keep hope and carry on. This podcast is for general informational purpose only and does not include the practice of medicine or other health professional services. Usage of the information we share is at the listener's own risk. And our content does not intend to be a substitute for any medical and professional services, diagnoses, and treatment. Please seek professional health services as needed. Are you suffering from insomnia? I promise you, the CBTI method in my course will definitely help you. Even if several nights of better sleep, 
that would be a world-changing experience for you. I have had so many success from my insomnia patients who have taken this course over the years. If you know someone who are struggling with sleep, go to my website and check out my course at deepintosleep.co forward slash insomnia.